Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, before the uh, message, I prayed last time and it turned out so good. I'm going to pray again. Lord, I just ask, Lord, that by the power of your spirit, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, may the power of your word have an effect on each of our lives. Lord, not just that we might fill our brains with knowledge. But Lord God, that the word of God would bring the transformation, Lord God, that that we so desperately need in Jesus' name. I, uh, the, the song came to me this morning, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, And then I proclaim, my God, how great thou art. I would sing that, but that gets a little high, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we, we live in a world, uh, you know, that either tries to exalt itself or tries to humiliate others, you know, and sometimes we find ourselves you know, trying to build ourselves up or we find ourselves trying to dig dig ourselves out of the hole that we or others try to put us in. But, uh, but God has made you significant. You are significant. Do you know that uh, the Bible says that we are heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus? The Bible says that we are co-laborers with Christ. We are co-laborers with God. So therefore, God has has us in mind. And the Bible says that we are seated with, we are raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly places. This isn't my message, but. But if you don't see yourself as significant, you will never take the part that God wants you to play. I was accused this morning (laughs) of uh, talking about people in the church. (laughs) You know, from, it was a joke. It wasn't really a joke because I did it. But anyway. Um, But I do have a story to tell. And it was before... I started giving like Christian fellowship, or we started giving like Christian fellowship. I was, uh, I was in, I was in kind of a limbo type thing. I'd left Kansas City, the ministry I was serving at there. Uh, I'd moved to the East Coast. I was living in Denver, Pennsylvania. Uh, I was just searching for what the Lord had next for me. And so, 
during that time of prayer and intercession, I decided uh, that I could pray and put together uh, jigsaw puzzles, thousand-piece jigsaw puzzles. You go, you have to be pretty bored to want to sit around and put together puzzles. Of course, it isn't too bad after you get the hang of it. But anyway, I remember uh, I had the idea that I was going to put this jigsaw puzzle together and I was going to put it on a board that had glue because I really liked the picture. And I was just going to keep it. And as a matter of fact, I'd already framed one. (laughs) I just threw it away just the other day. We're talking about over 30 years ago. Man, I keep stuff anyway. But uh, I put together this puzzle. Took me a while. And there's one piece missing. One piece missing. And so I'm looking frantically all over the place for this one piece. And I see Laura's dog. Laura Meyer's dog. She wasn't Putney at the time. And I think his name was Sammy. But Sammy was chewing on something. And you know what that was? That was that puzzle piece I was looking for. Do you know that one piece was significant to finish that puzzle? And you might be sitting here today and you're thinking, well, I don't have much, you know, and I'm not... I'm not doing anything, but you know, God has you as a puzzle piece that he's trying to put this puzzle together and you think you're insignificant, but God needs every piece to complete the puzzle. Turn to somebody and say, you're pretty significant. There was a, uh, there was a woman, a queen by the name of Esther and, uh, Haman had decided he wanted to destroy all the Jews. Of course, he didn't know that Esther was a Jew and that the king loved her. And so he was actually trying to get back at Mordecai, her cousin. And so uh, Haman had manipulated the king into making a decree that the Jews would all be destroyed and wiped out. And that everybody that did it could have all their property. Well, it sounds like a deal, doesn't it? Kill them and then just move into their house. You know? Anyway. So anyway, Mordecai went into prayer and fasting. He ripped his clothes and he was making a lot of commotion. And so Esther heard about it and she sent someone out to ask why... Why the commotion? And uh, he sent the messenger back to say about how Haman uh, had made this decree that all the Jews would be wiped out. And uh, Mordecai said, you need to go in and talk to the king. And she said, I can't. He hasn't sent for me for over 30 days. And you know the law that if I go in there and he doesn't reach out that scepter that... I will be killed. And Mordecai said this. He's, well, he said a lot more than this. But he said this one phrase. He said, who knows that you have been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe that each one of us here are in the world 
for such a time as this. You might say, well, you know, I'm the product of, uh, I'm the product of this. I'm the product of that. I'm just the product. You know, my mom didn't even want any more kids. Yeah, I'll tell you a little story. My sister, about five years older than me, we were walking down the road and, you know, uh, they had been doing some road construction. Have you ever seen where they had just a little bit of uh, macadam left over and they just dumped it on the side of the road? Well, there was two of these, uh, two of these uh, things right side by side. And uh, my sister, we were walking home and she said, that's where your parents are buried. I'm saying, what do you mean my parents are buried there? She says, well, you know, your parents died and, you know, mom and dad just adopted you. (laughs) You know, when you're young, you're you're pretty gullible, you know. So anyway, I made the mistake of went went home and asked my mom about it. She says, I've got all these kids now. Why would I want another one? (laughs) Why would I adopt, you know, so that really made me feel good, part of the family. There are things in the world that try to steal the significance that God has placed on the inside of us. We sing the song, oh my God, how great thou art, but where does God live? Oh, he lives up in heaven somewhere. No. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He has seen significance in us. He loved us enough that he would not spare his son, but send his son to die on the cross. He was murdered. He was beaten. He was, the Bible says in Isaiah that you could not even recognize that he was even human. That's how much of a beating that Christ took. And God, the Bible says, this bothered me for years, it says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And I thought, how could you say that? But God had to do that so that, so that he could bring us into his life. He had to purchase us. He had to pay for our salvation. And the cost of our salvation was the cost of a spotless lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I want to shift gears here and we're going to, I started the last week about the power of God's peace. Well, this is the power of God's peace too. And I have another one I, you know, the Lord just kind of uh, put on me about how is God going to bring peace? That's a soon coming attraction and it might not be the way you think. Well, I'll just give you a little hint. Jesus isn't coming back to the UN to sit at a table and talk about peace. He's just going to bring it. He is going, Jesus is going to bring it. Woo! I almost want to preach it now. You know, and it's not going to be by the, it's not going to be by the power of man. It's not going to be because they get in agreement with him. Man, if you don't get in agreement with him, it ain't going to be a pretty story. 
Glory to God. But anyway, you are significant and God wants to use his life and his he wants to bring he wants to bring you to a place where you are to so secure in him that you will release him through through you. You are significant. You know that scripture that uh, we quote so often, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know why he said that? He's talking to Timothy and he said, Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love and of sound mind. Therefore, don't be ashamed of me. And he's telling him to share the message of Jesus Christ. And there are ways that we can share Jesus Christ, but silence is not golden. Hallelujah. Me personally, I believe that we need to earn our way into being able to share the message of Jesus Christ. That's just the way I, you know, that's just the way I I feel like I need to do it. That I need to earn my way to open somebody's heart because if you, you can talk to people, but if they are so hard and they've got their heart closed, you can, you can just... You can just throw the seed, throw the seed, throw the seed, and it's not going to do anything because it's going to bounce off the fallow ground. The prophet said in the Old Testament, break up the fallow ground. What's fallow ground? I don't know. (laughs) Fallow ground is a field that has been plowed. It is... The harvest has come, but it hasn't been replowed. It needs another disking. It needs another plowing so that it can receive the seed, so that it can receive the rain, so that it can grow another crop. But if it is not, if it is fallow, you can throw the seed on it and it's hard and the birds of the air can come. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's not what the message is about. We're talking about the power of God's peace. Let me ask you a question. Who is, who is qualified to share what I'm talking about? Who is qualified? Do you have to be a billionaire that tells everybody else how to live? that dumps money and, uh, into all these projects, but they can't keep their own family together? Just a thought. Do you have to be, do you have to hold a certain position? Do you have to, do you have to be uh, in a place to where you have the authority to be able to share? No, I want to tell you a story this morning, but first of all, I want to read you scripture. It's in Galatians. It's in Galatians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. It says, if I can find it, uh, where are you? Where did you go? Anyway, there we go. Wow. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. The scripture is, um, well, Jesus is the word, right? Okay. Galatians 3.26. 
He says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How many sons of God do we have here today? I'm looking. I'm looking. I I want a hand. I want faith. Are you a son of God? You are a son of God because I'm a bride of Christ. You are all, unless you're not saved, unless you haven't asked Jesus to come into your, unless you, unless you've given up your faith, says you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. He says, verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now that's not talking about water baptism. That's talking about the spirit baptizing us into the body of Christ. Now I believe in water baptism. But there is an activation when you accept Christ as your Lord, when you confess him as Lord, when you confess your sin, you ask him to come into your heart, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. Can you see that you are significant? For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Wow. What did you put on this morning? You have put on Christ. The problem is, is we put on Christ and then we put all this other stuff on top of it to hide what we put on. Hey, I'm not, this isn't, I told you last week, I don't bring the hammer. We need to bring the hammer down on the devil. We need to build each other up. Let no corrupt commit this. You know, Joel has a favorite scripture. Actually, he took it from me because I used to preach John 10, 10. That was my verse. But I also have another verse. It's, it's in Ephesians. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edify. Why was that? Important to me because it transformed me. Because I was raised in a family of criticism. I was raised in a family that did, we didn't speak good. And our humor was running the other one down. I remember one time I was riding the bus. I used to have to ride the bus to school. And there was about four guys that were just pick, just picking on me and da da da. I mean, it was just coming from all around. And in about three minutes, I shut them all up. But it wasn't pretty. But I found this scripture, let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Do you know criticism does not minister grace? Thank you, Lord. Let me finish, because I got about three stories running through my brain right now. 
So let's just uh, go on. He says here, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is no race in Christ. There is no race. Thank you, Donna. She shook her head. There is no race in Christ. We are all made in the image of God. Well, how could, how could we have a white one? And how could we have a black one? And how can we have a yellow one? And how can we have a brown one? Because we are made in the image of God and God is spirit. You better get beyond your, your surface level and start looking at the inner man. And Jesus said, you'll know them not by their skin color, but by their fruit. Come on. Some people are too much into fruit loops. (laughs) Instead of checking out the real fruit. You know, uh, it used to be a joke about fruitcake. You know, you get a fruitcake and you save it until next year and give it, give it to somebody else. But man, I had a Costco's fruitcake one time. Well, that thing didn't get passed around. But man, the sugar content, it was like eating sticky buns. Yeah, I mean, it was like goo and uh, it was great. Ray used to... Uh, Loretta's husband used, used to tell me, he said, oh, you talk about food, you get us so hungry. Well, that gets us out of church earlier. <laughs> but he says, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is no socioeconomic status in the body of Christ. You're not elevated because you have money. And you're not lowered because you have none. As a matter of fact, God says it's evil when we elevate the rich and despise the poor. You know, because, you know, you might think you're rich, but you're just in a small pond. You know, you just, you know, there's some people you'll never get around. Because they're filthy rich. They might be rich in their bank account, but they don't have the riches of Christ on the inside of them. Oh, glory. And then he goes on to say, he says, there is neither male nor female. Well, I don't need to say, I don't need to say too much about that, do I? There is not a sex that is elevated in the body of Christ. You are all one in Christ. So you are significant because you put on Christ and God wants to flow through you through the power of his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And let me just say this since we're talking about, um, oh man, my, (laughs) my, iPad just went into download, (laughs) and it won't show my sermon. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, I preach from my heart all the time. Sometimes you need a little help, though. Let me tell you this story. The power of peace. 
I want to tell you about the first place it needs to work. And I want to tell you a story first. But there was this man that bought this house, and this house was needed a lot of repairs. So he hired a contractor, and the contractor, you know, came to work on the house, and it was one problem after another. Sounded like a money pit. It was one problem after another. And at the end of the day, the contractor goes out to his truck and his truck doesn't start. And the, and the guy that owned the house felt so bad for him because he just looked terrible. I mean, so he offered to, um, he offered to give the guy a ride home. So he rode home. And, he's, and the guy said, well, why don't you come in the house, you know, give you a coffee or something like that. So the guy said yes. But on the way into the house, the guy passed under a tree and he reached up and he touched the tree. And all of a sudden, the guy was transformed. He was transformed and he walked in and, the, and his daughter ran up and she just, oh, daddy, daddy, I'm so happy to see you. And he was just as, he was just as happy and he loved on his wife. He loved on his family. And, uh, you know, the guy, the guy left and he, he said to the guy the next day, he said, man, what happened to you? He said, you, were, you had all this trouble. You had all this trouble, and man, as soon as you touched that tree, you, um, you became a different man. He said, well, that's my trouble tree. He says, when I go into the house, I, before I go into the house, I touch that tree because I don't want to bring my troubles into my family. He said, and it's a funny thing, when I go outside to go back to work, I reach up and touch that tree to take those problems back. But you know what? There's never as many as there was the day before. Yeah. I want to tell you the, the, uh, the point I'm trying to get at is you need peace in your house. Yeah. Now, you don't need to find a tree. If you want to do that, that's fine. I cut all mine down. They were falling across my driveway, falling on my house, falling out in the road. That was the biggest thing. I didn't want them falling out on the road and hitting a car. And Melody wanted to keep them, but the Lord sent a storm. <laughs> and we got rid of all them trees. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you another story. We had a hutch that we bought. It was one of the first pieces of furniture we had. And every... We moved like 11 times in the first few years we were married, you know. And I just kept saying, I just hate moving this hutch. Well, I remember we were moving out of one house and going into another, and I was driving down I-70, and I had this hutch in the back. And I just saw, well, it's laying down. It's laying down, but the problem is I didn't think about it. It was pine. So all of a sudden, uh, my nephew says to me, he says, hey, that hutch isn't back in the back. Well, you know, when you're driving 70 miles an hour and uh, a hutch isn't in the back where it's supposed to be, you got problems. So I pulled off, <laughs> I pulled off the road and a guy pulls up behind me. He says, man, he says, that was amazing. He said, it looked like a missile just 
coming out, he just raised up, flew out of the back of your, and he says, he says, that thing just split, it hit the road, fortunately. And it's all it was was splinters. So I just went back to look, and all I could find was one of the drawers. <laughs> well, you better be watch out what you say. I didn't have to move that hutch anymore. <laughs> After I thought about it, that hutch wasn't that bad, but... <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But what am I telling you? Sometimes we, the biggest, one of the first places we want to demonstrate the peace of God is when we walk into our house. But the reality is, is we have to deal with the peace on the inside of us. Am I allowing frustration? Am I allowing fear? Am I allowing dread? Am I allowing the, the, the things I face during the day to be dragged into the home to burden my wife, to burden my children? I, can't, I would love to show you this uh, Facebook picture I, I downloaded. I thought it was so applicable to my life. Anybody remember that guy that used to play the gunny? The uh, Lee Remerick, anybody know who that is? I'm not suggesting you watch his movies, but uh, he was a gunny sergeant. And so in the movies, he would just talk. And it was all yelling and screaming. And, you know, so they had a photo of him and it says, this is my dad when I was a kid. And then it has another one right beside it. And it says, this is my dad when the grandkids are there, and he's just all smiling. He's got a big smile. But the problem is, is I wish I could raise my kids with what I with the maturity I have in Christ now. I wish, you know, but of course, it doesn't do any good to wish. But the reality is, is like I would drag. You know, I never talk about people. Never talk about people in the church. Never. I wouldn't bring that home, but my countenance showed it. My burden showed it. But the reality is, is I needed, I needed to give my stuff to the Lord. This, that's why the Bible says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. That is the power of peace. You want a good, you want a good family life? You've got to bring it home. You've got to leave your burdens behind. You got to start singing that song. Going to lay down my burdens down by the river. Anybody know that song? I thought, man, I mean, half these people probably don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I don't, uh, I don't recommend Hank Williams songs, but you know that Hank Williams actually was the one that sang, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. You know what? I sometimes 
feel the pressures of life coming on me and I will, I will consciously, I will consciously deal with it by doing just what I just did. Many of you have heard this, man, I'm going to be able to preach this another time. Many of you have heard me tell the story before I, but some of you hadn't. But it bears repeating. I shared a pulpit with a, uh, there was a church down in Reamstown called Faith Tabernacle, I believe it was called. I was living with, living in Grammy's basement. Now she's living in mine. <laughs> but, um, so, they kind of were, they would have me preach one week and they'd have this older black gentleman come in and preach one week. But man, I'm so glad they did because I learned a valuable lesson. Man, I'll tell you what, if you're prejudiced, you're stupid. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. You are lacking something. Do you know that even your enemy, and he wasn't an enemy, but even your enemy can bring something good to you. Just got to look for it. Some of the people that you, some of the people that you might not even value or think are worth, they could have a key to your deliverance. But anyway, I was preaching in this church and the worship was terrible. (laughs) That's the only thing I could say about it because, man, by the time they were done with worship, all the life was sucked out of you. <laughs> well, I had another, uh, I have another story. I'm going to be done soon. I, I, I was in, the, actually, the church I left in Kansas City, this was before I, I became, I was kind of like inter-minister out there. But uh, we had a worship service, man. It would ele- it would take you into heaven. We had a we had a black uh, piano player, but she mostly mostly played the organ. She could make you laugh. She could make you cry. I mean, she could take you from the pit up to the throne room of heaven. It was beautiful worship. And then we had this thing called the, I'll call it the charismatic hush. We don't have a charismatic hush here. But anyway, that was to give people that might have a word a chance to speak. And so there was this older gentleman there. And he would start to what he called prophesy. And he said, haven't I, he's supposedly speaking for the Lord. He said, haven't I given you eyes to hear and ears to speak? So he was a little confused anyway. (laughs) And it was all a judgmental word. And it just sucked the life. I mean, we had this wonderful worship where, I mean, everybody just had their focus and mind on the Lord. And all of a sudden this came and it just sucked the life right out. Just sucked it right out. 
Well, believe me, we're not life suckers. We're life givers. We are here to give the life of Christ. And if you ain't feeling it, sorry for my English, but I'm sure you understand. If you ain't feeling it, then you need to do something about it. I don't wake up tiptoeing through the tulips every morning. No. Man, there's sometimes I don't even want to preach. I get this sick feeling. You know, uh, the, the Everly brothers lost the love and feeling. But man, I lost, I lost something else. But you know what? You just get into the presence of the Lord and you can download. You can download the Spirit of God. You can, it's already there. But, well, actually, that was the message today. To stir up the gift of God that's in you. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. You've got it in you. Man, that's why the scripture says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as such as the matter of some is. Because we are to elevate each other. We are to lift each other up because people, I used to listen to this preacher and uh, he would close his message every day. He says, be nice to everybody because everybody's got problems. How many of you know, as believers, I got problems, you got problems, everybody got problems. Even people that aren't saved got problems. But you know what? You don't need to, you can get down on that level, but you've got to bring something with you. And you have put on Christ. You've put on Christ. Man, look in the mirror and says, hey, I see Christ in you. Come out, devil. Sometimes we need to tell our face. Tell your face that Christ is in you. Tell your face you put on Christ. I'm not preaching to anybody that I haven't had to do this myself. Man, it's so nice to walk into a home where there's peace. It is so nice. But you know what? Scripture says in in James, it says that we make peace. Scripture says no one to shut up to. There's a time to preach and there is a time to be quiet. You know that. They actually sang a song about it. A time to be born. Thank you, Lord. I hope I helped you today. I hope that you realize that God is elevating you. He has has come down to this earth so that he can elevate you so that you could be seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know what? As soon as you get to heaven, there are no tears. He wipes all tears away from your eyes. He wipes all the troubles away. I just got to quit. I just... Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord God, that because of Christ, because of his death, his burial, his resurrection, because of his ascension, because 
of his ever being seated at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. You have elevated us, Lord God, so that we don't have to be conformed to this world, but we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Lord, I speak life over your people. I speak health over your people. I speak security over your people. I speak significance. Lord, not that I'm speaking it, but I am reminding them of what you've already done. May we not forget the benefits, Lord God, that you have provided for us. You forgive all of our iniquities and you heal all our diseases. You redeem our life from destruction. You crown us with loving kindness and with tender mercies so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. I give you thanks and praise and honor and glory in Jesus name. Amen. How many have ever, how many have ever experienced Christ coming into your life? You've experienced that? Well, you know what? He wants to show up again. He wants to show up again. He wants you to, how can you delight yourself in the Lord if you're not delighted? Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, if he tasted like some things I've tasted before, you'd want to spit it out. But you don't want to spit it out. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask for the, uh, for the team to come up because, man, I could just go on for another hour.